Hey, welcome back to the show. Justin here, dropping this episode into your podcast feed late Thursday afternoon. Hopefully you'll get to it before the college football weekend. We waste no time in talking about the number one versus number one matchup taking place in Athens this Saturday as Georgia takes on the Tennessee Volunteers. We're also going to talk about the World Series, why Robert Manfred sucks, fullbacks from the University of Georgia that we know personally, and we're also going to talk about the World Cup lead-up and all that good stuff. Oh, and finally, we're going to unify twice over this episode, once over John Smoltz's commentating, and also over a recent interaction on Twitter between Taco Bell and its many fans. This is Let Them Eat Takes. just go straight into that game that game this week the seventh game of the century yeah game of the century of the week baby hey yeah he has potential to become a uh some sort of time space this this buckaloo. is the first this is the first number one versus number one matchup right yeah number one college playoff versus number one ap yeah that is yeah. true is this the highest ranked Tennessee and Georgia have been playing each other, or has there been another year where we've been? It's this? literally number one versus number one. Doesn't it's get first time it's ever happened. For... Yeah, that's a stupid question. Well, I like take college take college playoff out of it. So, like an AP, what are we? We're one, and they're what four or three? Three. So basically, has there been a one v two? Probably not. I don't think so. I, mean, I think LSU and Alabama were one v two back in like two thousand. No, no, no. I meant Georgia, Tennessee. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. No, never. No, yeah. never. So, so this is p- big time. part of it is that so Georgia and Tennessee started playing perennially. Like I don't know, was it like probably fifty years ago? Early? No, I mean like early nineties when we started playing them every year. Yeah, ninety two is when Georgia and Tennessee started playing every year. Now. None of us were old enough to be like real heavy into college football at that time, so it just feels like we've been playing them forever because we've been playing them all of our lives. But yeah, it only goes back to the early '90s as far as a yearly thing. Yeah, I'm looking at the uh, the Wikipedia entry for the Georgia Tennessee football rivalry. The first meeting was November 11th, 1899. Do you want to guess how many meetings total there have been between these two schools? 66. Not bad. It's 51. I, yeah, I already had the wiki open too, so... <laughs> I do not have it open. So yeah. You can, you can ask me. Uh, some other notable games. I mean, it's worth noting that, you know, basically in the Rick era, Tennessee wasn't a top five or top ten team very often. Certainly not by the end of the season. Um, and then in like, when it, was, when it was 90s Tennessee and they were really rolling it was golf and Donning years for Georgia. So you had some decent teams with Donning, but you know, not a lot of super highly ranked teams. Um, last time, both teams were ranked in the top 10. It was back to 2002, number six, Georgia, number 10, Tennessee. 
Mm. And then in, in 98-99, so this is when Tennessee was peak and uh, some down years, you had a number four Tennessee, number seven Georgia, number six Tennessee, number nine Georgia. Obviously, one of those Tennessee teams ended up finishing number one in 98. But, yeah, so, I mean, there's been three times when Georgia and Tennessee have played and both been in the top ten. And also, this rivalry is going to go away soon. So, Yeah, when they switch to the not-conference slash, I guess, what are they calling it, pods? They're not calling it pods because it's not actually pods, but it is, like, pod-like. It'll be sort Whatever. of like many divisions. Right. Yeah. They're not one Jordan's. of our keepsies. It's, what are we no. keeping? Is it Auburn? Auburn, Florida, South Carolina. Flo- Auburn, Florida, South Carolina. Yeah, they got to spread it out. We can't have... Spread out the love. Georgia has right. too many rivals and, as it I don't, is. Yeah. I don't well, hate and, that. I don't hate and that. also, it's bad for the league if you do the rivals just based off of who are the biggest rivals with each other because then you have the top teams playing the top teams and the bottom teams playing the bottom teams. And you don't want Tennessee to play Georgia, Florida, and Alabama and for Georgia to play Florida, Tennessee, and Auburn and for Auburn to play, uh, well, I guess we get like LSU, Alabama, Georgia. You don't want everybody's permanent division guys, all the good teams to have three hard permanent games. Yeah. So, who's going to play with poor little Vanderbilt? My little Cornelius yeah. is over there. He's playing with his trucks and his trains and his steamboats. <laughs> Who will play with my little Cornelius? More time for insider trading or whatever they do. All right. <laughs> yeah, those are the only sports they're good at Vanderbilt. Baseball, um, once every 10 years, basketball, and stock market voodoo magic. And Tennessee won a lot in the nineties. Yeah, yeah. The I was looking era. at I was looking at how much we've won recently, and we only lead the series by three games. I'm like, holy mother! Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, they were. Sorry, good. Oh, nothing. We we'd already go ahead. No, no, no there's nothing. I won't go. I won't go say anything. I'm kind of happy that they uh, they cursed Tennessee with this number one rating. They can have it. Take it. Here's. Here's what's funny about that, and Scott, you I think I mentioned something to you about it earlier, but it's when I go through Twitter and just Vol online universe, it's a weird world because never in the era of social media has Tennessee really been that great or competitive, but uh, they feel like they're about to just take the whole world by storm and just pound it to anyone who gets in their way the rest of the, rest of the way through. It makes me wish we had talked more smack last year as Georgia fans, but I think Everyone, I was munsoning hard even last year, and I think a lot of munsoning, if you don't, you're not familiar with that term, is when you are all constantly afraid that Georgia might lose or something bad might happen. Uh, named after Larry Munson, of course. But yeah, uh, personally, I was in chill mode all of last season. I was like, "We're too good. We're we're set. No worries." Mm-hmm. Into the first quarter, you know, every game good to go. I mean, yeah, I, I got spoiled. The, the Tennessee fans that are loud on Twitter right now are the Tennessee fans that also really thought they were legit national title contenders for the last 20 years. <laughs> so yeah, every year, it's I, been I take, year. yeah, I, I take their opinions um, about how good Tennessee is this year with a bit of a grain of salt. They're probably closer to right this year than they are in most years 
because this year they are actually really good and are actually a national title contender. But you know, shocking, it's shocking how fast, etc. Yeah, it's. I mean, that's maybe that's the best way to put it because it just seemed like less than two years ago they were a complete dumpster on fire. They had just sanctioned themselves just to get out of Jeremy Pruitt's buyout, and I mean, good lord. Yeah, I mean, they obviously weren't amazing under Pruitt. I think also they just. Yeah, I think he was hard to get along with, which was a big part of that, maybe even more so than how the team was playing. But, but they yeah. struck gold. They raided UCF's pantry, found the golden nuggets, and pulled them out, and now they're back to being a top three program in college football for the first time probably since... Philip Fulmer coach there, if I had to imagine. The great yeah. book. Well, uh, top three team, not top three program. Top three team. Yes. Yeah. It will be, I mean, this is way jumping ahead. It'll be curious to see what they're like next year. Well, that's a, I don't, we're getting, we're skipping, I feel like we're, we're skipping the game over. We're talking about Tennessee big, big picture. But it is interesting when you do, like when you do the deep dive into what makes Tennessee really good and you start to realize there's a couple things that sort of <clears> flirt <throat> with being kind of a gimmick, like how sustainable is the style of play really and what happens when defensive coordinators catch up to it. Well, I, I don't even know if it's, if it's all that, but let me, yeah. let me read you the offense. Uh, fourth year, fifth year, third year, third year, fourth year, third year. Third year, fourth year, fifth year, fifth year, third year. Uh, this is Hendon well, Hooker. I, I wasn't going to say Hendon Hooker's 25 years old. Hendon Hooker's 25. Um, so he's like an NFL quarterback. Right. So you look at their depth chart. The youngest person they have starting is a third-year player. And right now, they have two sophomores on the two deep. Everybody else in the two deep is a third to fifth year player. Of their top 22 guys on offense, 20 of them are third to fifth year players. So they're players who probably aren't long to stay for Tennessee. No, no. I mean, uh, you look at some of their, I mean, okay, Tillman's a fifth year senior, so he's obviously gone. He's their best wide receiver, at least coming into the season. Hendon Hooker, <clears throat> a fifth-year, 25-year-old quarterback, obviously gone. Jalen Hyatt is only a junior. He's one of the young pups on their uh, mm-hmm. offense. He's having a very mm-hmm. big year, so almost certainly gone. Their other receiver, McCoy, has transferred a couple times. He's a third-year guy. He probably – or sorry, he's a fourth-year guy. He probably comes back for his, four, his fifth year, I would guess. Um, and then – They'll lose their uh, fifth-year senior tight end, and his backup also a fifth-year senior tight end. They'll lose their best tackle and at least one other starting offensive lineman, and then I don't know if any of their third-year guys would go pro. So, I mean, they'll, they'll lose all their best players on offense. Yeah, and immediately would... What you see, what you're kind of pointing out there is there might be an experience gap between where they are right now and where Georgia is right now because Georgia's definitely playing a lot of youngsters given the, the nature of what happened to the yeah, roster last and, year. And Right. 
and and even beyond that, um, Georgia tends to have a younger roster than most of the teams they play year in year out. Because when you have a really talented team, not a lot of guys stay for their senior year; they get gone. Tennessee, oh, they get gone and get paid. Yeah, top to bottom, Tennessee does not have the same amount of talent one through eighty five that Georgia does. It's not close. Yeah, I don't even think they made yeah. Bud's like top fifteen in his blue chip ratio at the beginning of the season. But Elliot. Yeah. Yeah. But what they do have is, you know, a really, really, really veteran team. And a lot of guys that are also really good players and will be NFL players. Like it's not that they're not good or they won't be good. It's just that their count they're doing it with the right mix of talent and experience and scheme and next year it might be down to just scheme and at least some talent so it'll be interesting Well, and quarterback is one of those positions where a whole year really makes a difference and you see all the time nfl teams like we're gonna get this guy this 22 23 year 23 year old guy and he's rough around the edges and green and by the time he's 25 26 he's freaking amazing and so because of the covid free year now you got these 24 25 year old quarterbacks that are still playing in college that extra year sure has made a difference not that it's not like i'm not saying it's like unfair or anything it's just just is what it is I mean, there's been a lot of discussion this year about like older quarterbacks, you know, and the impact they're having on their their teams. Like, you know, I don't, I don't think most of them are not like you know spectacular like talent wise. But you're talking, you know, Stetson Bennett has been, you know, even though his, his has not been his most productive year from like a touchdowns, you know, example, he's still pretty efficient with the ball. And you got guys like um. Sean Clifford at Penn State, who are also like six-year, seventh-year, eight-year veterans. Yeah. Like, it, it, I think some of that has to be, some of the experience also, I think when you, around the time you turn 24 or 25 is when your frontal cortex really, you know, gets developed. So they're just, their brains just work faster than a 19-year-old guy's does. Yeah. I mean, so like for the game on Saturday, out of 22 starters, Tennessee will have 13 fourth and fifth year players, and Georgia will have six. That's is that wild. after the it, Nolan Smith injury? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> that's so wild. that's just, you know, it, it's just one of those things that, you know, last year, Georgia had tons of talent and tons of veteran guys, right? Maybe not quite that many seniors because you had a lot of juniors, but... Anyway, that's why I say it'll be interesting what happens. I don't think, I think they'll be hard pressed to be a top five team again next year, but they also don't care about that right now because they're scoring a lot of points to win a lot of games right now. That's true. Given the, given like the, what I was saying, what we've seen on the field this year and the scheme stuff and how they're recruiting, it looks like they might be, gunning to be maybe be the Clemson of the SEC where they're not necessarily hauling in top three classes every year, but they haul in enough players at key positions and they have a good scheme that complements all of them. Like the guy they've got coming in to play quarterback in this next class is uh, Nico Yamavea. I think I was pronouncing his name right. He was somebody that some people thought if, you know, the number one 
recruit wasn't last named Manning, he would have been the number one quarterback in this year's recruiting class. So they're doing some things right. Oh, yeah. They're definitely spending money at the premium positions. <laughs> Obviously, good old like, days when you're well, just... Yeah, I was going to say, which is now legal. I'm like, well, actually, it's technically not legal, but it's so close to being legal that, you know, you can't hardly get in trouble for it. Can we give Reggie Bush his Heisman back, please? Can we, like, have a separate ceremony just for that? Like, we're sorry we punished you because Pete Carroll got your mom a house. Oh, it's like, this is, this, is, this is chump change compared to quarterbacks who haven't even played a single down yet. Here, just take your Heisman back. We're sorry. This was dumb. So, how do you guys think the game's going to go Saturday? Um, I think if we survive the first quarter, we'll be pretty good. If we can just not get blitzed out of out of the stadium in that first quarter, what what constitutes surviving the first quarter, and what constitutes getting blitzed? Just not letting them score fourteen, twenty-one points in the first quarter. They average fourteen in the first quarter. So yeah, so not letting them do that. So I don't think that touchdown. counts. I I don't think fourteen counts as getting blitzed. They score fourteen, unless it's fourteen and nothing. That feels bad. But for me, if it's fourteen to seven after one quarter, that's fine. Yeah. So if they score below fourteen, that means they're playing below average, which means we're playing above average, which means that's how we win. Yeah, I, I'm saying I think they I think they can have an average fourteen point first quarter. And that's okay. That's not a. <laughs> Panic situation for us. I mean, oh, I feel bad panic. if it's I'm just fourteen saying, nothing. Let's just not get the, the the doors blown off of us like Alabama looking up at the scoreboard and seeing what was their deficit like twenty ish twenty eight to ten at one 28 point twenty eight to ten. I don't think we can come back. From well, being down twenty five points, I don't I think definitely we don't want to be in that situation. No, I think panic mode ensues if Stetson Bennett starts pulling or. We start fumbling ball. If we turn the ball over, that is panic mode because Alabama had to do a lot, helped contribute themselves to that 18 point hole they had to dig themselves out of with some miscues, you know. They had and, some turnovers. Yeah. Some of the, like, yeah, some, some of the lops, some of the stuff that Tennessee's done this year is because they've got, they've been able to catch teams with their pants down. Like LSU completely self destructed in the first quarter against Tennessee, and Tennessee made them pay for it big, and LSU just could not claw their way out of that hole. So, and Georgia Georgia could do that. Um, they almost did it again. I say almost. They flirted with doing that against Florida by turning it over on the first two possessions, I think, in the third quarter. And then they just could, kept, kept up the domination from there. The domination. But, yeah. Lines moved down. It's now like eight and a half Georgia right now. Yeah, it, it moved after the weekend. Not from like, uh, not because it got bet down, but because yeah. an, it was just another week of Tennessee playing well, which sort of moves them a little bit closer to the elite group in the eyes of the odds makers. Okay, well, that's enough serious college football talk. I need something stupid, y'all. Surely somebody has posted something stupid in the past seven days. I think we can find a few. Surely somebody has given their opinion on something. 
I know we're trying to move off of college football, but Fox. No, I mean college, I'm not saying you could. Move, you don't need to move off college football. Just there's been a lot of talk about the twelve give me team stupid. Give me format, stupid. twelve team playoff format. Twelve that seems inevitable. Format? Twelve teams. Have it, yeah, that it's headed to eventually. Yeah, not this year, but um, likely starting next year, the year after that. How would twelve work? Oh, well, here's Fox college I feel like football. It's usually like multiples of. Yeah, like you get the top four, four seeds get a buy. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, your your power five conferences that matter get a buy. The elite. You're the, the bourgeoisie. Elite or you're not. The bourgeois the bourgeoisie get a yeah. buy. So and that'll be an alt who is not considered a big boy top ten or top uh, power five program seems to be a rotating cast of Big Twelve, Pac twelve, and ACC. So in the Fox CF Fox College Football Twitter released a graphic where they said this is what our, we think would be the 12 team playoff in the 2021. It was number well, one. I think seed. this is this is based off of the recent playoff rankings. So this isn't like their opinion. Well, this is just what it would themselves? be off those. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't. That can't be the case because they had it, it Georgia is. at five and TCU right. at four. Yeah, that's where we would be. The top four, the, the four teams that get buys are the four highest conference champions. Oh, okay. That makes sense. So you can't have two SEC teams get buys. It doesn't matter okay. if there's three SEC teams in the top four, only one gets a buy. Okay. That makes sense. So, I mean, the, it doesn't look that bad, but there is one matchup on here that looks like, all right, this is why the 12 team <laughs> format is kind of <laughs> dumb. That is number five, Georgia, taking on your 12th bottom seed, Tulane Green Wave. Hey, man. <laughs> hey, you know, it's, you know what else is good about this? You get uh, Oregon-USC, that in some years would be their third matchup. That is true. Yeah, you, you know what I need is the third game of Oregon-USC. Yeah. Didn't uh, so Because Oregon played Utah twice last year. Yeah, they played them twice. Is it for sure going to twelve? I thought it was for sure going to eight. No, it's twelve. No, it's twelve. It is for sure going to twelve. Okay. Mickey Mouse snapped his finger, said, "Oh, I want twelve teams! Damn it!" (laughs) So they're doing that. Uh, They're gonna have to figure that out. I mean, just get rid of conferences. This is all stupid. No, you got to have conferences because that drives discussion. No, then we could talk about the football and not the rankings. People can yeah. still bet, right? As long as they can bet. Right. That's well, and that's the thing. That's part of why they're going to bigger playoff. That's more so more betting. More games that can be bet, more games that can be yeah. shown. And that's why they do things like auto bids. Not because auto bids should happen from a football standpoint, but because auto bids help to ensure that different areas of the country are invested and watching and betting. Mm, I got you, I got you, I got you. And that's uh, why you give auto bids to the G5, because there's a lot of people that are fans of the G5 that will be, might be mad and not watch the playoff. Yeah, so you have fans to, are not going to tune in, Scott. Well, it's not just that. It's uh, the G5 as a whole, right? They'll be like cheering for Tulane against the big team or whatever. So, so for that reason... Right I'm here to tell you now. Mark Ricks, Georgia would lose to Tulane. <laughs> you tell me you say whatever you it, want. 2015. It, it depends Mark which Georgia. year. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, 
20, I don't know. <laughs> 20, 2012, 2012 would have been one of those years where Georgia would have been five playing Tulane and they would have destroyed them. Oh, sure. Yeah. Because no I, amount of screwing around will help Tulane tackle Todd Gurley. So, oh, like, well, yeah, just of course. Game. I'm just saying, yeah. there have been some teams that have very, Mark Rick teams that I just remember playing with their food a lot. Yeah, th- those teams wouldn't play Tulane, though, because they wouldn't be number five, right? They would be, like, number 11, and they would be playing some, like, number six team, like Ohio State or Michigan, who had barely not won their conference. Oh, boy. And, and they would lose by, like, three touchdowns. <laughs> oh man it's gonna be interesting yeah it, i mean it's, it's gonna savor, be a thing that happens yeah savor this weekend boys because uh like in the 12 team playoff world this game doesn't count yeah for her no, it's thing. like a, it's like one of those big monday night football matchups between like you know but like a patrick mahomes buffalo bills regular like Chiefs Bills regular season NFL game where it's going to be fun to watch and it's cool, but it's not going to weigh that much. Like the expectation yeah. is these teams will probably see each other in the playoffs. Yeah, it's mm. just for a bye game. It's just for getting a bye. But when so. when the penalty for not getting a bye is like playing Tulane, how much does that really affect your title odds? No, and I think that's been one of the smarter takes about the 12 team format, it's not going to help schools like Tulane. It's going to help schools like Georgia, where if they have a, you know, one or two oopsie moments in the regular season, they can just crush a group of five opponent and then get on to get back to business against TCU the week after that. Hey man, I'll take a mulligan or two. Helps in baseball. <laughs> it does help in baseball. Is that your transition <laughs> to baseball? We could no, talk in baseball. <laughs> But oh, it's not. Say, you got more to say? Go ahead. <laughs> well, I was going to say, uh, noticeably not on this list, Oklahoma, not anywhere to be seen. And, not uh, anywhere to be seen. <laughs> I would love to say that that, you know, bad season is why Big Game Boomer is such an idiot and has like all the worst takes and lists, but that's not true. It's just always been like that. <laughs> <laughs> now, you talk about a program that might be in trouble. Like, I don't know what the heck is going to happen with Oklahoma in the next couple of years. But things look a little dire over in Norman. Yeah, I don't know. Come, come see me next year, and then I'll have an opinion. <laughs> when do they join the SEC? Two years? Um, uh, could be. It's, it's not even what, well, it's 2025 is when no, they so are done. Three but years. But it'll probably happen before then. So they'll like get out of it early or something. It, yeah. So the answer right now is nobody actually knows. Schrodinger's, uh, it is Schrodinger's school. It is both simultaneously a Big Twelve and an SEC school. Uh, Justin, do you want to hit us with the the Deion Sanders take there? Yeah, I thought this would be a good true or false question for you guys. All right, this comes from Big Game Boomer. Oklahoma football fan account on Twitter. Deion Sanders is the only head coaching candidate that would make Nick Saban and Kirby Smart shake in their shoes. Auburn needs to go all in on Prime. True or false? False. Uh, false. On the X's and O's. Probably true on recruiting. That's the he thing. Did get that, even, he did get that then, one guy to come to Jackson State, and everyone was like, huh? Is this, 
Is this true or false on Auburn needs to go all in our prime or on the whole statement? Like the only head coach candidate that would make Saban and Kirby shake in their shoes. Like that's stupid. They're not going to be afraid of any. They're not going to be afraid of any uh, head coaching candidates elsewhere. That's not how this works. They're not like laying awake at night being like, "Oh no, what if Dion gets the Auburn job?" That doesn't happen like that. I thought thought Auburn was going to get Lane Kiffin. I mean, they're going to. That's. It sounds like that's who they want, and they will try. But we're not going to hear anything about it for like three or four weeks, probably. Till the season's over. Yeah, or at least like called a bunch of assistants. At least getting close to over. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's it's not insane. It's It's not insane for them to talk to Dion to consider him or even to hire him. But this presentation is at best like stupid and over the top. Hey, who tweeted that? (laughs) Big Game Boomer. (laughs) <laughs> it's your boy Scott <laughs> so dumb it's your boy big game boomer I'm in agreement I don't know if Deion Sanders is the guy to go all in on I'm very intrigued by what he could do as a college football coach I don't know based on what he said if he's interested in taking a job like Auburn at least right now like he seemed like being at Jackson State allows him to I don't know I mean he already answered that question though because they asked him he said he would listen right but it was not yeah, exactly. He said he would listen, which is a non-answer because he doesn't want to say he would leave and he doesn't want to say he would stay because neither of those are good for your salary. Exactly. So it's like the so, question has been asked and answered, but we also know nothing. The uh, recruiting potential of Deion Sanders is through the roof, though. I mean, I mean yeah, yeah. A- absolutely. Right. And you would expect that he would probably be able to recruit well there. He recruit as well as Bama and Georgia, which probably not. Like that would be hard to match. Um, of course, the bar is low at Auburn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it, what kind of like coaching staff would he bring with him? It probably would be able to put together a good coaching staff. I think. I mean, I, I don't even know what sort of philosophy he has on like running a program and what he wants out of an offense and defense and all this. And, you know, unless you like really follow their program, maybe some people know, but I would imagine he would try to bring some guys over from the NFL. Cause I bet he has more contacts there than he does at the collegiate level, but he might, I don't know. He might try to rate other college programs assistants. Be like, Hey, won't you come coach for prime baby? I don't know. It would be interesting. <laughs> Let's see. So right now, I'm trying to see if there's any names that are known on his current staff. The only guy that really stands out that I know on his current staff is Tim Brewster, who was recently an assistant at Florida under Mullen. Oh, yeah, I remember him. He was the guy that they were hoping was going to turn around recruiting for him. The problem was he was their only guy that recruited. You mean Dan so like Mullen he was, wasn't he out was, there? Yeah. Like, he was fine at recruiting, but also, like, you know, you can't have one guy that's fine at recruiting and have a good recruiting staff. But anyway, yeah, I mean, Dion's a legit candidate at Auburn, but, you know, over-the-top stuff is stupid. Yeah. Is, is, is stupid. 
he's in a safe place now where he can kind of do what he wants. Like, you know, he can start his son at quarterback, who's actually pretty good, but he could do that, and people are not going to be like, I don't know about this. You know? Yeah, at, he at also, that level, it makes sense. Yeah, he can do the barstool stuff. He can do all the other crap, you know. And it seems like he was intentional about going to an HBCU in the first place. And maybe that's maybe the reason that brought him to Jackson State instead of some other like FCS or Group of Five program could keep him there a little bit longer. But who knows? Yep, we shall see. I mean, it'll be interesting to watch, you know, whether he stays at Jackson State or whether he ends up at a big name program. It'll be interesting either way. The the lame things I I do love seeing all the conspiracy theories because it could all be it's it's probably all false but all of it could possibly be true you don't know with Lane Kiffin what you're gonna get and it will be I the first if, time that he's oh, go ahead I was saying, I, th- I think if Auburn goes hard after Lane I think there's a decent chance he would take it Uh for sure it's a better I mean it's a better program. Than Ole Miss, but the expectation he knows the expectations. He's familiar with that. I don't think he's intimidated by it. He would have to run Auburn differently than he does Ole Miss. But question is, can he? Is that within his capabilities? Because at Ole Miss, he has to. He's been hitting the transfer portal really hard. Is that a product of Ole Miss, or is that just how Lane likes to do things? Yeah, I don't know. Good question. Ma ma ma. Now are now are you transitioning? Transitioning. Have you guys been watching the World Series? No. no not a second. Me? I've no, been I... watching it. Okay, no. John, give us your I'm petty rundown. and I hate the Astros because I feel like they cheated and did not get enough punishment from baseball because Manfred sucks at his job and Major League Baseball sucks. So I tune in to watch the Phillies mash taters against those Astros pitching. And then I get on Twitter and I read all the Astros fans bitch about it. And they go on and on and on about like, oh, our pitching is just so deep. And we have just such pitching depth and the depth of our pitching and the pitching depth. And then I tune into the next game and the Phillies hit more home runs than they did in the game before. And I'm just like (laughs) just slurping it all up. And I love it so much. The Astros. You heard it I mean, first. I, I'm not watching any primetime playoff games until they get rid of the shadow ban on letting the Braves play at nighttime. A principled take. Yeah. That is rather uh, vexing and off-putting that they would prevent our special boys from playing under the lights. Plus, we all know Blooper is nocturnal, and like, it's not, he, sh- he, doesn't, he shouldn't be out in the daylight. No. He'll scare the children. The best gags come at night. Oh, he scared the bejesus out of uh, John's kid, Mateo. Oh my gosh. Last time we went to a game together. <laughs> the stuff of nightmares. The best part was <laughs> he was looking over his shoulder at several points just to make sure Blooper was not coming. And what does oh Blooper do? He appears six feet behind us, ready to do like a bit for like the in-stadium camera thing. And Mateo hadn't spotted him yet and I'm like you guys form a wall form a wall and Mateo kind of got wind of what was happening he's like turning his head or something and I'm like don't look that way he's like why and he finally said like, is that blooper is it blooper <laughs> is blooper I don't like blooper 
The I look. want him go away. I want him go away. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the look on his face was that same look the uh, the main actor had in uh, Get Out. <laughs> yes. Just like terror when, and tears when, streaking down his face. When she does the teacup thing. <laughs> yeah. That's literally <laughs> that was it. That was Mateo. He's like, I got teacuped. <laughs> well, it was weird. There was like some weird like computer animated bear and one of those little things. It looked creepy as all get out. Mateo's like, ooh, I want to go hang out with the creepy uh, anthropomorphic bear that's moving on a pixelated screen. Yeah. It's like, oh, but blooper can't but go there. Bloopy. Yeah. And just tonight at dinner, Ashley was like, oh, do you want to go pay $50 to go get hot cocoa with Harry Dog in, in Atlanta? And I'm like, are you like, with our son, the one who's scared of blooper? Like, what a waste of money! No, absolutely not. We're not doing that. That's a horrible idea. Not doing any of that. You know, these horrible ideas—they show up a lot around the holidays. But it's a lot of like the people being like, "Oh, wouldn't it be so fun if we took our little kid and did this thing? Like, it would be so fun if it worked out right." Now, can we yeah, talk about went, the, the way it went it, in your head? Yeah. yeah. Can we talk about the actual percentage chance that it goes like that? Because we got to start being real. Like we got to lower some expectations. Not spending <laughs> fifty bucks on some outing that is just going to be a disaster. It's like as long as you're okay with us leaving after ten minutes, because that's what you know might really happen. Mm-hmm. Most children I've been around too, you don't have to like spend fifty dollars entertaining. No. You could find a pile of sticks and they could be out there for hours. A box. Just give them the box the thing came in yep. and they're happy. <laughs> it ain't worth spending the money. Nope. I was talking to a parent recently and they were talking about their uh, <laughs> the the things their kids wanted for parent for Christmas. And uh, the mom said, I just wish they would want the toys I want them to have. <laughs> like I'm sorry. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. What in the world? Um, anyhow, so yeah, I don't know if that's enough World Series for you, but uh, I, uh, I don't. I, I watch it on mute or turned down because John Smoltz still does color with Joe Buck, and he's gosh, he's the freaking worst. Justin, any thoughts on John Smoltz? Yeah, we might. John Smoltz might be the man who brought this nation together. In these troubling times, when the bonds we all share are threatened to be torn asunder by the quick takes, the hot takes, the medium-rare takes, and the takes that are doomed to be deleted on Twitter tomorrow, we need a sports take to bring us back together. Now, more than ever, these are the takes that unite us. Some people thought it was going to be, uh, I don't know, I don't know who... who a global pandemic. We, we thought that we could pandemic. rally around something like that. That's right. The coronavirus respect, brought laughable. us together. Uh, so a, here's a take but, but that what, unites us. But what a sick Chinese bat couldn't do, John Smoltz managed. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it could have been a bat. It could have been a pangolin. We don't care. Either way, they're both out of the running for what's the most unifying presence in the world right now. It is former Atlanta Braves pitcher and current color commentator, John Smoltz. This comes from Twitter user at M Light Leaf, M L E I F, M Life, <laughs> at M Life, whatever. What? Philly fans are paying $2,000 a ticket just for the pleasure of not hearing John Smoltz. <laughs> and, you know, 
That's validating, because as a Braves fan, I'm always annoyed with John Smoltz, but I always chalk it up to, oh, he if, if it feels like he's rooting against the Braves, it's probably because he doesn't want to, you know, come off as a homer, or he just has some, like, you know, maybe he still has it out for the Braves organization for not giving him, you know, big-time money when he was 38. I don't know. But I, I... He's just such a... He's such a jackass. He's not necessarily wrong when he's doing, like, pitching analysis, but he's just such a jackass. Oh, he was really wrong on one play I saw on Twitter. Did you see this? Uh, it was uh, it was like Bryce Harper's first at bat. Was he talking? Was he talking batting or was he was he doing? Yeah, he was talking batting because like yeah. the pit. John Smoltz, famous hitter. Right. He needs to stick to the. He needs to stick. Right. To, you got to stay in your lane. I don't lane, know who's pitching for the Astros. Like, yeah, he's going to give him that sinker and Bryce Young. He's just going to sit on that sinker the first pitch and wait Bryce for it. Bryce Young. Yeah. yeah, Bryce Bryce Harper. Harper. Yeah. Still, mine's on college football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Alabama quarterback did not, in fact, play in the World Series. No, no, no. Not yet, anyway. Uh, you get that Russell Wilson comp, you never know. You never know. Kyler Murray almost went there. But uh, the first pitch <laughs> it was a fastball, and Bryce Harper just destroyed it, crushed it for a home run. Whoops. Right as and the fight, it wouldn't be so funny if John Smoltz wasn't so uh, confident about. It. Yeah, he's just gonna sit on that first pitch. Watch him just sit on it. Pow! Ball goes over the fence. <laughs> yeah, I, I do actually like his insight when he's talking pitching, but he spends he a lot of time. He knows pitching, man. Yeah, he knows it. But he does spend a lot of time being like grumpy old man about why aren't you bunning. It's worth so much more than a home run. <laughs> Stuff like that. And just, bunting. You know, yeah. Bunting for our football fans. Bunting is essentially the power eye of baseball. <laughs> is it? <laughs> it's sometimes helpful, but bunting, not, not as Bunting often. is like when you run to the middle of the field on third down to get more centered for a field goal. <laughs> That's probably... <laughs> I was going to say, it's either that or a fullback dive. <laughs> Which is great in the uh, power Which is eye. basically what Scott's talking about. Yeah, they're kind <laughs> of the same the thing. <laughs> this has been the Take That United. Can we talk about anyway. how the elimination of the fullback is racist against white people? <laughs> Do we, oh, I don't want to test that with a 50-foot stick. <laughs> um, Justin's like, I'm not trying to get canceled. <laughs> I just found out one of my neighbors... <laughs> used to play fullback for Georgia back in like the David Pollock era. And I asked about, I was asked, I was talking the other day about it, and he said, Yeah, man, it sucks not seeing fullbacks on the field anymore. It took my job away. Yeah, we need more neck rolls. He watched the 49ers. But was this somebody it's... that actually played, played, or like walk on played? Uh, like scout couldn't team tell played. you. Couldn't okay. tell you. I, okay, so I got a funny. Uh, Georgia fullback story to tell you. I'm not going to say his name because I don't know if he would want me to, but I'll tell you afterwards. He was on the team when Brandon Sutherland was on the team. You remember him? Yeah. Like those years. And uh, he was like a walk-on. And uh, he played for maybe a year or two. He walked. He was a walk-on. Is, and... is, this the, is this the person that ate a whole sleeve of bagels on the regular? Yes, he ate a okay. whole sleeve yeah, of bagels yeah. on the reg. And he said... The reason he qu- what made him quit is one game. I guess Brandon <laughs> Sutherland was out with an injury, and then whoever Brandon Sutherland's <laughs> backup. It, I'm I'm sorry if I've told this already on here. No, I no, think no. I, I think I, I yeah, I think I heard. Uh, whoever Brandon Sutherland's backup fullback was. This is what Rick was coaching. He loved the fullback. 
Um, I don't, I don't remember who Brandon Southern's backup was. I mean, it's backup fullback. Who cares? Um, he got hurt, and so at halftime, Ricketts in the locker room was like, "All right, guys, we're gonna do X, Y, and Z because uh, we're out of fullbacks. <laughs> and let's go get them." And so he's sitting there going, "I think I, I think I could probably quit now." <laughs> yeah, if Mark Rick doesn't doesn't believe in you, Mark Rick. <laughs> so we're out of fullbacks, and he's literally a walk-on fullback. <laughs> Actually. Uh, Actually, I just looked my my neighbor up. He was uh, listed as the the starting fullback on the 2004 depth chart. So yeah, he probably played. Oh, um, basketball update: uh, the Hawks are taking it to the Knicks in New York. So Ooh, nothing new here. Bless love them. it. They they really love Trey Young up in the Garden, don't they? Bless oh, absolutely. Them. They also love losing by 20. They're, they're doing both right now. <laughs> there is a God. And uh, Maction is going great. We got two Mac games on right now on this glorious Wednesday evening. Oh, I need to turn this on. The Gambling Addicts Dream (laughs) Month. We got a football game every night to get you on the right track daily, baby. I don't care if it's Buffalo versus Old Dominion. Yo, did y'all see that Randy Johnson video that's been going around? The Randy Johnson stuff from the other day? Is this where he's tipping pitches? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That oh, yeah, crap yeah. was hilarious. So good. I so. didn't watch it. I, I watched, I didn't watch, I didn't, I was in a, I was in a meeting, and so I was watching <laughs> it, and I couldn't listen to it. Okay, but, so uh, I, I, I'll break it down, I'll break it down. But basically, um, who's the guy that was actually talking? I forget, it's one of the commentators at ESPN, right? So he's yeah. telling the story. And he said that he was there at the whatever Hall of Fame ceremony, you know, on a cover and stuff, whatever. And Randy Johnson's getting inducted. Okay. Said he's there, and Randy Johnson brings the son over, you know, and starts talking and saying, "Hey," and he's like telling his son, "Like, yeah, this guy hit four home runs off me, or whatever, you know." And he's like, "How'd you do it?" And he's like, "Show me how you hold your fastball. Show me how you hold your slider," and then. He took a picture of each one and showed him the pictures side by side. And Randy Johnson realized he'd been tipping his slider for his entire career. It's amazing he pitched two perfect games. <laughs> yeah. That's so, just, yeah. Just... So Randy Johnson was like, I'm pitching, I was tipping my pitches for my whole career. And he's like, You're still throwing 99. Like, it's very hard to hit. <laughs> yeah, you're killing. Animal, literally killing small animals with your pitches. Do you know he's a, a like a sideline photographer for like yeah. the NFL now? Yeah, yeah. A lot I, of people saw that and were like, "Is this is this a joke? Am I being trolled?" No, it's real. <laughs> I think Randy Johnson also holds the record for the fastest ceremonial first pitch. Oh, good lord! Please tell me he threw a ninety-five mile an hour first pitch. Wait, no, I'm sorry. He's not the top because Ichiro threw 94 when he did a ceremonial first pitch. Ichiro. Then, wasn't that like just a few weeks ago? Who, Ichiro or Randy? I, I Ichiro. think it, it was this year. It was this yeah, year. Yeah, it was this year. And he was he, like, he's like 48 years old and he threw 94 for his ceremonial no, pitch. No problem. No problem. Yeah. Easy. He probably... But, I, but Randy Johnson, I know, like not too long after he retired, did go out there and hit it up in the 90s for a ceremonial, I'm pretty sure. 
Those arms are basically giant windmills. Ichiro mm-hmm. is a freak, man. He was so much fun. Yeah. He's a super freak. Super um, freak. Don't right. look now. Bowling Green's leading Western Michigan 13-6. to six Well, you fourth. mentioned it, but I'm looking right now, actually. <laughs> Other Mac game was on commercials, so I switched back to Bowling Green, Western Michigan. There was a good pop pass, a uh, long touchdown to the tight end in the other game earlier. That was some pure action. Pure action. And so also, it? which one? I think it was the other. Was it the Central Michigan, Northern Illinois game? No, no. It was this game, the Western Michigan uh, Bowling Green game, I think, where somebody was running into the end zone uncontested and got lazy and somebody punched the ball out from behind and it was a touchback instead of a touchdown. Who does the other game? That's yeah. It's exactly what you want out of these games. Well, this is like, you know, they're maybe not the most exciting matchups, but this is where like a lot of the dumb shit in college football happens because these are like the most scrubbiest of the scrubs. Oh yeah. And a lot of times, at least historically, you have like pretty wide open offense just slinging it around doing all kinds of craziness. Like the South like the Coastal Carolina Saint Claire. <laughs> the Santa Claus. The Santa Claus. We used to so, ride. Uh, did, you, did you guys see the back-to-back headlines of Dan Snyder hires company to, you know, explore selling the commanders, and then the next headline is ESPN reports commanders under criminal investigation for financial fraud. Boy. <laughs> uh, hooray! Whoops. I mean, Dan Snyder's been... Uh, infamously scummy for like several years now right several decades you mean several decades he was the one who yeah, was like covering was... up female staffers getting harassed yeah, yeah. He, he's he been controversial since before it was like in vogue to be controversial yeah so he would go up to bat for the name the redskins which you know yikes yikes maybe a little bit I mean it has long been expected that they've been doctoring the books and like you know illegally claiming to lose money on their NFL franchise every year for tax write-off purposes so sounds like a very Washington thing to to do to be honest oh he fits right in <laughs> the team is representative of the area um i don't know when we're wrapping but i've got a little world cup burn for us oh hit it baby be like 3 weeks man less than yep less than 3 weeks we are 19 days away from uh, the big dance starting, and there is as little hype as I've ever seen for World Cup ever because this crap is happening not in the summer but in the winter because it's being played in the middle of a very hot, hot desert with nothing but sand and sand and skyscrapers built by slaves. Skyscrapers built by slaves in countries where it's illegal. Hey, hey to now, that's do a deceased, great many things. That's deceased former slaves. Deceased former. Indentured <laughs> servants who have to ask very nicely to see their families, please. The answer is no. Um, <laughs> hey, I'll have it... you know that FIFA held an open election and they voted that they did not want to see their families. And FIFA yeah, told yeah, yeah. me FIFA FIFA had an election, very fair. Um, I believe it's the. I don't. I have to look this up. I think it's illegal to drink in c- cutter if you're. Or Maybe you can't drink if you're foreign. You can't if you're from Cutter. 
You can drink if you're worth over seven figures. I'm yeah, sure. yeah, you have to hit a certain benchmark to be able to drink. I think you're you get killed if you're gay. Problematic if they send Abby, Abby Wambach to cover the World Cup. Problematic. So we're gonna have to figure that out. Um, it's amazing this is happening in 2022. Let's just but, say the Women's World Cup will never be held there. Let's just say yeah, yeah it's gonna be a. Uh, yeah, pay a lot of money. <laughs> pay a lot of money. It's gonna be held on a barge at sea. They could have it on aircraft carrier. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's gonna it's be an like aircraft carrier in the middle of the Persian Gulf. Aircraft carrier. <laughs> <laughs> oh crap! Uh, so. like, oh, this is just a really unique opportunity to play a soccer field, a soccer game on an aircraft carrier. I mean, how yeah. much better can it get for the fans? Like, and okay, yes, there's la- recently a lot of people have uh, been making a lot of noise about the fact that there is less downtime between the end of quote unquote club play slash beginning of the World Cup than there is normally. So, for example, if somebody were to get injured, um, if it were just like a regular little knock that normally takes three ish weeks to come back from they would have that time but in this case is a minor injury for the non-soccer informed yes um but in this case they would not be able to come back in time so we were like oh there's gonna be some big name stars that might just have a small ish injury that normally they would be able to play in the tournament but now because of this the way it's being done they're not going to play in the tournament and this this and that i do think there's i mean that's a valid point i do think that the World Cup is the kind of tournament where this sounds this sounds very cliche, but stars are kind of born at the World Cup. And, you know, you have a country that goes deep and is carried by one or two players that are very good that you've never heard of. You, sh- you sure as shit heard about them by the end of the World Cup. So it's kind and of that kind of tournament. The real, the real fun part is most of them you won't remember by the next World Cup, though. That is absolutely true. A lot based of times, upon my won't. own experience, yeah. it's uh, big, just some, some big ones you do. Uh, some you do, some you do. Yeah. But man, a lot of the, because it's a sample size of like three or four games, right? And it's like, yeah, this guy scores yeah. three goals, and everybody's like, "Oh my gosh, he's amazing!" And then he signs like a bazillion dollar contract, and then he's not even playing on his like national team next World Cup. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm thinking of I'm I'm looking at Hamas Rodriguez. Looking at you. Um, had that great. I remember France won the last World Cup, but I don't know who any of their players were. Oh, well, that's Mbappe, and he is very good. <laughs> and he is, I don't think he's hurt, so he should be playing. But a lot, all their whole team is good. He's so. not hurt yet. He's French. It's a matter of he's time. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, yeah, I think that's enough World Cup stuff. If I start talking with the US, I'll just get upset because our coach is stupid. And our uniforms our are tactics dumb. are stupid. Our, our uniforms are dumb. There was a tinfoil hat that somebody data mined. I don't know if this is true. This sounds really fake. They data mined and saw that there was a FIFA update coming out with like an updated national team jersey that had like a denim looking national team jersey, which means that maybe they've changed it. I think that's a load of crap, but that was kind of making the rounds on Twitter the other day. You mean day. like the denim texture on just like a regular No, there was set. like an old school denim. It's called the denim jersey. If you just Google it, it'll come up like denim US soccer jersey. You had me, ex- yeah. That's like the 94. It actually looks the 94 pretty cool. ones, right? Yeah, oh, it looks yeah. really cool. 
I, yeah, I kind of thought those always looked like cheesy. They're like <laughs> I like them. I mean, are they super nineties? Yes. Yeah, I mean it's definitely uh, a nineties looking. Yeah. Are, are most things that are super nineties actually kind of hideous? Also, yes. <laughs> I, I think it was probably you, you just like a when retro. You said denim, though, because I was like denim cutoff jerseys. Like <laughs> heck yeah, man. I think you it's have... just kind of a retro option. Not that they're actually going to wear something like that. Maybe if we make it past group stage option. Oh, Jesus. It doesn't seem that likely. No. I mean, we don't have a striker. We don't have anyone who scores goals. So we're going to see who's, somehow. who's going to score goals. We'll just uh, figure that out. Here's the thing. It doesn't matter. It just matters if we're better than England at penalty kicks. Oh, my gosh. Yep. Yep. That's God saved the king. He's full. He's suffering no charge. Is this a British It goes wide, right? <laughs> Is this a British accent? It was a... My, my bad accent to cook. My bad accent to cook my accent. We play Wales, too. Can you do Welsh? I have no idea what they sound like. I really it's like what difference. you're doing, but just drunker. I think Wales is more Samwise Gamgee. Right? Don't, don't you don't you get me a yellow card? I don't drop no Eve, sir. I think I think Samwise hey. is more Welsh than. Um, and then the last team in our group is Iran, which is LOL at that group, right? England, Iran, Wales, US. It's a real like like a lot of World Cup things. It's like a real real hodge real uh melting pot of. Formal, former colonial powers and former colonies and weird neo-colonial interactions. <laughs> Our first match is against Wales, and that's kind of like, you really need to win that match. We're better than Wales. We need to win that match. Because oh, uh, like... Iran is going to run us to death in the third game. And England is very good for all the jokes, even though they're in bad form right now. <laughs> Yeah, it's almost like the World Cup's approaching, Jonathan. What do you mean? England oh, and bad. Yes. Uh, listen, England's, they're really listen, good. I will say, bad form right I will now. say, I will say, uh, yeah. England. Something tells has... me. Hold on, hold on. It's oh, oh, about I don't know, fifteen days. No, so England had block. two tournaments in a row where they had bucked the trend and played very well in those tournaments. Oh, and I honestly, World thought. I honestly thought they were going to win the World Cup. Oh. Oh, the last cycle, win. and I thought they were going to win the Euro. I honestly thought oh. they could have done it. They were playing that well. Recently, they, though, somehow not they the didn't case. win it, though. I mean, somehow we didn't win it. Bit very, in it. Very close to winning it, Scott. You can joke all you want. They were very close to winning it. Hey, you don't just I'm accidentally gonna, finish I'm, fourth in the World Cup. I'm going to keep joking. Like, whoops, I finished fourth. That's not like, it's not a BCS. Um, that's enough World Cup. No one cares. I am looking forward to when inevitably when members of the U.S. women's team inevitably tweet out, "This is why we deserve." I can't believe you people want to watch them more than you want to watch us. You know they can't say the equal pay thing. They already got it, so they move on to the next one, which is guilting people into not watching. I guess, like you're saying. I don't like that. Hey, I like I like it when the U.S. women's team wins. It's great. I'm not the biggest soccer fan in the world, so if I'm not gonna be like super, sorry, I'm not. I'm gonna stop talking now. What were you gonna say? I was like, if I'm not if I'm not gonna like, you know, 
I'm just as likely to watch the U.S. women's team play as I am the men's team play, which right now is not that often. So yeah, just in the World Cups, or just yeah, in in general. There's just I no mean, way to like. I mean, it's kind of sexist to say like I don't really like watch women's sports, but it, like I also don't think you should like shame anyone for not watching something that they don't care about. I don't know. How dare you? How dare you? No. I will atone for my sins by going to at least one lady dog lady dogs basketball game this year. How about that? You need to do two lady dogs basketball games. Two lady dogs. I, Three I Hill Marys. Do, I will do my part by supporting your decision to do that. Well done, mm-hmm. sir. You will be there with I'm, me in spirit, I'm an Scott, ally. whether you like it or not. Yeah. That's what allies do, Justin. <laughs> well, is there anything else we wanted to talk about? No. You got anything? I know you... Is there anything to unite us? Well, we did unite over John Smoltz, but there was something else. Uh, Jonathan, are you a fan of the Mexican pizza from Taco Bell? Oh, big time. All right. The new Let's... one, the new version is very good. They, like, changed the, the hard tortilla. Is it, is it so good that they, like, are running out of it? I don't know. I don't go as often as I would like to. I'm kind of in a Taco Bell desert right now. Well, Taco Bell is here to deliver you from the desert back into the promised land. They mm. tweeted this just a few days ago. Turn, this is from the official Taco Bell Twitter. Mm. Turns they have out the, they have the blue check mark that will soon be $20 a month. So it's real. A it's real. A pittance for these corporations. Turns out we underestimated how many of you love Mexican pizza. Seven times more than we expected, to be exact. We are working as fast as we can to restock Mexican pizza ingredients. We will need some time to replenish our supplies, but when it comes back, we promise it's here to stay. Hell yeah. <laughs> the best part is <laughs> the Northeastern Ohio Regional <laughs> Sewer <laughs> District replied, we'll, we'll be ready. <laughs> That's, I don't know what's more impressive. The reply or that the Northeastern Ohio Regional Sewer District has a verified Twitter account. <laughs> You know, that's probably, pay for. you know, there's probably four bros. <laughs> You're like, guys, what if we got on Twitter? <laughs> I need to follow them. <laughs> we could literally talk shit. Literally, we will talk shit all day. <laughs> oh, man, they deserve a follow. Uh, I'll have to go next time I go to a Taco Bell. By the way, when was the last time either Bell. of you went hmm? inside a Taco Bell and ordered? Long, uh, long, long time. Because I did it a few months ago, not, probably about two months ago, and I was shocked by uh, how they've rebranded and sort of restructured their whole image. Um, first of all, when you go into most Taco Bells, they're not, no one's taking your order anymore. You do it on a touch screen. There's like lots of pink LED lights <gasps> everywhere. It's the robots. It's the robots, robots taking their jobs. Taking the jobs that apparently nobody wants. And mm. yeah, robots what's, just what's, don't want to work anymore. What's the deal with that? You don't want to listen to me fumble over a quesadilla and ask you what the heck's got? I usually order on the app and go through the drive and say like, hey, I'm here to pick up my order. And they're like, okay, pull forward. So you don't and see the three high-definition TVs they have in there no, that are I just blank B-roll just, of extreme sports? No, I just order on the app. I mostly, if I go inside to eat at a fast food place, 
six, seven times, eight, eight times out of ten, it's it's Chick Fil A, and then the other two, twenty percent, it's McDonald's for breakfast with my son because he can get pancakes and he likes them. Pancakes are good. And when I went there, I went to the one near our house, and the manager there is like the real MVP. He comes out. They're doing like there's like a Cars TV show now on Disney Plus or something, and I guess they're the Happy Meal toy. So he comes out and he's like, "Hey, do you want the Happy Meal toy? Just for like just to have? Like we didn't even have to buy anything." He's like, "Yeah." So he hands him the car, and of course Mateo's losing his mind because it's Cars, you know. Then he comes back with two more. He's like, they have these other two. He'd probably want these two. It's like a monster truck and like Mater. And I don't know what it is, but like Mateo and like all his friends, they love Mater. Like they like to hell with Lightning McQueen. It's all about Mater. Mm. Noah, Noah's all about Lightning the Queen. That's what he calls it. <laughs> Lightning the Queen. <laughs> yep. Hey, I'm here to raise. <laughs> like, I can't tell you how many times. We've been like lightning McQueen, lightning the queen. Oh, all right, whatever. He wore his lightning Later, the you're queen going shirt way yesterday. too fast. I'm going to race a day <laughs> on the track. Don't stop me now. I'm lightning the queen. Don't stop me oh, now. Oh, no, you're going like the rock band. I was going like, he's gay. I mean, it works either way. <laughs> uh, he's, he's next. In, I uh, watched the biopic. What'd you say? He's next in line for the for the crown. He's a little, he's a little weird. Then he's a little stodgy. He talks like this. I'm lightning the queen. I'm fifth <laughs> in line to the crown of England. That's kind of how Charles talks. Mummy lift me the crown. Against me, I'm spending time with Camilla Irvin. Well, and we're going to be cutting the, the allowances of some of the royal family. <laughs> but Mimi, I want Camilla. I don't want Diana. I want Camilla. All right. Like Queen Elizabeth, I'm out. All right. We got to go. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs>